Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Finding Movement podcast. I'm really excited to come back to you with a new episode. This project is so near and dear to my heart even though it's also still really young and it's really not the only thing I do. So I would love to publish more often but for now this is what we have. This is episode number six in which I want to talk about the joy of reclaiming movement if you were the fat kid in your school sports classes growing up. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this as you can imagine and I am mainly sharing them so that you can see if it feels similar for you, if you have a totally different experience and so that we can talk about this some more and hopefully make some creative, expensive, joyful headway in reclaiming movement. Before I dive in, an announcement that I have been relaunching my Patreon, which is a big part of what is supporting this show, as well as my other podcast, Creative Ritual and Embodied Business. Your contributions really mean the world to me. They make it so much easier for me to make consistent time for my podcast, which I've been doing for almost seven years now, I think. It helps me make time to interview other people, edit podcast episodes, upload them, and it also allows me to um, offer more creative spaces online. So my Patreon community has moved over to Podia, where I created a living archive of recorded practices that you can dip into anytime you like. There are, for example, um, a lot of different self-massage practices for the scalp, for hand and arms, for the belly, for arms and legs. There are also audio recorded movement and journaling practices that I made um, a few years back. For example, one for um, acceptance and enchantment, for grounding, for new beginnings, for radical dreaming. And so the idea is that whenever you feel like it, you can log into the space on Podia and just see what you feel like exploring. And there will be practices there that support and hold you and mean that you're not starting from scratch thinking about what you might want to play with or explore. And I just know that when you have you know, limited time or not so much energy, maybe when you're living with disabilities or chronic illness, that's really valuable to not need to reinvent the wheel, but to meet practices that are fairly accessible and that you can adapt to something that works for you. So this is my offer. There is the living archive and then also we have monthly intention settings on the first Sunday each month and they are a beautiful space to quietly journal together using prompts that I offer and then uh, yeah to set yourself up in a good way for the month ahead. Every new moon we also have quiet creative co-working sessions where we just come together and work on our own projects. Um, you can join by pledging five dollars or more on the Patreon and I'll link to that in the show notes. All right so Reclaiming movement after being the fat kid in sports classes. Um, that was definitely me. I think we all are born with such unique and beautiful and special bodies. And mine happened to be one that was kind of soft and round and not really tall. And so I really felt very out of place in sports class um the classes i was in in primary school so from the ages from like six to ten were already pretty competitive and i remember being scared of the ball we often well we had sports classes twice per week usually 45 minutes 
and there was quite a rush around that because you had to get changed in the small break between your last class and then the PE class that's what they're called here and um, obviously it was gendered you had to you know <laughs> either go to the boy or the girls changing rooms and I imagine I mean I don't know the boys changing room that they all had their own kind of social rules and um, what also stressed me out about these classes is that you never knew what would be kind of on the agenda that day so you would show up get changed arrive in the hall and then it would either be a ball game or running practice or something else and um, to my little neurodivergent brain that was like really stressful um, the ball games were often competitive in that people uh, you know the teacher would select a person that got to pick their team and so you would sit on a bench and then you'd hope to be chosen quite early on I certainly was not chosen early on because I didn't enjoy myself. I wasn't really in it. I was quite checked out when we played ball games and so I wasn't chosen and I made that to mean all kinds of things about myself, unfortunately. Um, didn't really have a lot of space to talk about that. I just accepted that as, you know, the way things were. But I thought there must be something wrong with me if I'm not being chosen. Um, if I'm also not enjoying this and everyone else seems to be enjoying this, there must be something wrong with me. I also remember uh, big sports days. So once a year we would have uh, a kind of tournament, I would call it the whole day, where every kid in the school would compete basically against any, every other kid in running, throwing, jumping, and probably some other stuff that I've forgotten. Most of these days I actually missed because I was literally begging my mom the night before to allow me to stay home. Um, when I did go, when she insisted because I had already missed the last two years, I remember being really embarrassed also about the ways that my body was changing. And now as an adult, I know that's that was true for so many of us. But at the time, I really thought like, oh my God, I'm the only kid in the world who suddenly has these boobs and no sports bra that fits properly and is forced to run across the field while everyone is watching and it's just absolutely mortifying. And I have to say, I really delight now as an adult in knowing that all around the world, there were so many of us having exactly this experience and feeling mortified and I'm just sending love to my younger self, to your younger self, if that was your experience too, and to all of us coming back and being here on the other side and reclaiming movement in a way that is actually joyful and not necessarily competitive or restrictive or embarrassing. I, as I'm, you know, beginning to move now in different ways, really want to hold this idea that movement is joyful and it's definitely not a punishment. I had this aha moment in a session with Melissa Ward, who does beautiful work around textiles, but also dance and movement, where I realized that, well, firstly, nothing is wrong with me. <laughs> that, that was a great insight. But more specifically, I, I said that I really love the idea of improv dance, and I have friends who go to local improv dance classes where you show up and you really don't you know what know what exactly to expect you don't know the music you know you don't know who else is going to be there you don't know how these people will feel that the way that day how they might dance and how you might improvise together and for me 
that just seems like so much uncertainty like that I just can't bring myself to do that that seems like a really big risk um and so initially I was thinking you know I really love improv why can't I do this why does that seem like such a big deal to me and looking at that with more compassion and understanding you know how my brain works what what my preferences are it makes a lot more sense to me and also I've developed this improv dance class uh, practice at home where I dance by myself with my dogs with friends and we are you know are in a space that feels really comfortable and expansive and joyful to me and I do actually dance and I do actually really enjoy that and there's really nothing wrong with me I just have to create conditions that work for me um, and bring myself a little bit of patience and you know and kindness and that's really all it takes and then I can be an improv dancer another thing I noticed that is related to these old stories I picked up in PA classes as a kid is that you can never drop the ball on your routine so I feel this past winter the past six months I've worked quite hard to find movement practices that really work for me and I had such a great routine from kind of October to February and then in March this month as I'm recording this my sister came to stay with me for a week now a friend is staying with me um, I also did a small weekend trip so in many ways my routines were different than they were through winter and it really threw me off and it took me quite a lot of effort and focus to reconnect with movement and to not beat myself up for it and what I found was the most helpful was firstly having this easy access I mentioned earlier with the archive to movement practices that are quite short and accessible and kind of easy to dip into but also not making it mean something that I dropped the ball in air quotes I can really just put up put on a song that I enjoy and start dancing and that's often all it takes um I also like the idea of movement snacks that's a real thing it's a hashtag you can look at if you're interested I sadly don't know who came up with this term or this idea but a movement snack is just a cool little movement that you do whenever you feel like it maybe as you boil the kettle in the kitchen maybe as you water your plants maybe first thing when you get up in the morning and so for me, having these movement snacks throughout my days really makes me feel that I'm never becoming completely disconnected. Like maybe I dropped the ball a little bit on the routines I wanted and how I kind of envision things to flow through my week, but I'm still connected. I'm still here and I'm still moving. I also find it really helpful unpacking these stories to look at bodies that feel like I can identify them with them. And that's either either because of what they look like or the identities that they hold and to really just enjoy their movement you know I think our Instagram feeds are very easily filled with skinny white people who are cis passing uh, able-bodied maybe straight whatever you know um, that maybe we can't identify so much and so maybe the resonance or the inspiration that comes from seeing these people dance or move in some way doesn't quite land in the same way than they do when we can identify on a deeper level and I think that's not you know to make it black or white or to shame anyone for sharing their body we're all different it's just about really finding what is encouraging to us and what makes us feel good about trying new things and then finally I will say 
when I think about the kinds of practices that were part of my PE classes in primary school, I can now as an adult say that it was a kind of limited range, right? There was running, jumping, throwing things, and then playing ball games in groups. And sometimes there was swimming. That's something I actually really enjoyed because I love being with my thoughts in the water and just kind of feeling my body moving through you know, this beautiful element (laughs) as I'm thinking through stuff. So, so anyway, there was a limited range of different things to try, I guess. And so now I'm really thinking about what is my current movement vocabulary and how can I expand that? As I mentioned in earlier classes, I'm doing a Pilates teacher training at the moment. And within that, I'm focusing on accessibility and movement for people with chronic pain and disabilities. And um, I'm picking up all these little exercises here and there that I'm like, wow, they feel so fun and they really are doable for me. And it's not often a whole sequence of like a 45 minute sessions where I'm like, wow, I'm going to memorize that. That's amazing. I want to do this every week. No, it's really small movements that make me feel like, wow, I can suddenly feel my chest expanding, breathing a little bit deeper, having a little bit more mobility in my hips feeling a little bit more strong in my core and so I'm memorizing those little bits and that feels like I'm building up a language of practice that then becomes easier to articulate in different situations and different moods and different levels of energy that I have throughout my days and weeks. So these are my thoughts, I really hope that helped you to think about what movement means to you now and how that is impacted by how you first encountered movement. I would love to hear from you if you have anything you want to share and if you want to come to our um, intention setting sessions or co-working or dip into that living archive then please consider becoming a patron thank you so much